30 for 30 this week. We are joined by Jeff Goodman. He has been covering college hoops for many, many years now. He's got a great history. He's been all over. He's with Stadium right now and uh, doing some fantastic work. I, I know, uh, Jeff, where, how long have you been doing this with college hoops? Uh, like about 20 years or so. Um, you know, I started as a recruiting guy um, in the late nineties and then kind of transitioned into to college hoops from there and kind of did both for a while, but still love getting on the road. Honestly, my favorite time of year might be July and, and yeah. getting on the road and seeing all these guys when they're young, when they actually want to talk to us, you know, by the time <laughs> I get to college, they're like, most want to talk to us still, but, but a lot don't. And then by the time they get to the NBA, even the guys I've known forever, they're like, yeah, I don't want to deal with you anymore. <laughs> it is the truth. It is true. Uh, they, they When they see you, they're really cool. They're like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? But they, they're not returning texts and calls anymore, right. and they're not not touching base. Other than Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is the one, and he's still young enough. He's still young enough. But um, And Steph Curry, I don't think it's changed a whole heck of a lot either. But a lot of these guys, yeah, I mean, listen – you know, you give me 30, 40, you know, 30 million a year. I'd probably change a lot too. <laughs> I would take that though. I I'm willing right. to, I'm willing yes. to take that hit. So. <laughs> me too. Me too. So, uh, Hey, you're with the stadium stadium right now and you've been able to, you know, get out and see a lot of um, teams practice this fall. What, what have you seen going out in these campuses? Um, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, it's weird because on one hand, a lot of coaches and teams, have guys back a la like, you know, Trent Frazier, a, a veteran who came back for another year when nobody expected him to. But then on the flip side, you've got teams with so many new faces and, and transfers, even though they're older. I was just in Kentucky and Lexington and saw over there in Chin. And, and, and uh, you know, Kentucky's got four transfers. They're not what we uh, expect a typical Kentucky team to look like with a bunch of freshmen and heralded freshmen. They got one in Ty Ty Washington, who's going to be terrific. Damian Collins, you know, a couple of guys. Uh, this Hopkins kid is, is, is talented, but, you know, they're going to be built on transfers like almost everybody else. There's only a few teams that haven't gotten the transfer route. Villanova really hasn't done it lately. Uh, UConn, I don't think they have really any on their roster, but almost everybody right now, you're going the transfer route. And, uh, you know, Illinois is no different. Yeah, as you and kind you mentioned Kentucky, of course, our, our guys with O and uh, Chin down there, and I'm sure Illini fans would love to hear about Kentucky. But uh, how how are they doing down there? I talked to O a couple weeks ago, and he seems to like it. That things things are going well. Yeah, they, they, it was interesting. So I was I was hanging with them for a little bit uh, on oh, I don't even remember what the days anymore. I've been on the road so much, but anyway, they have this thing there uh, called Keeneland. These races, horse races. And I didn't know when I, when I landed, there were no cars available at national. And I asked the, the kid there, I said like, why would, you know, you're going to give me this little matchbox car. Uh, it was tiny. I'm like, I'm like, why? The only place I'm ever at where there's no cars are, are usually Vegas when all the AU yeah, coaches go right. in and there's something else. So he said, Keeneland's going on. So I went Kentucky media day was the first day that I flew in and it ended at three o'clock and I shot over to Keeneland and caught the last three races they were going the next day. I was in their office and it was so funny because uh, you've got Bruiser Flint. They're all going, the coaches, four of them, Jay Lucas, Bruiser, Chin, and, and Antigua. And Bruiser's always dressed well. Like he's got a shirt. He doesn't have a tie, but he's got a shirt. He looks good. 
And uh, Jay Lucas is young and he's fine. He looks pretty good. Uh, Antigua, I forget what he was wearing, but Tim was wearing this like sweatsuit that had like food on it. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I got to go home. And they're like, no, no, no. And we were all told him, we're like, Jen, I, I said, I was there yesterday. I was in like a sweatshirt. You're, you're going to be fine. He's like, no, I can't go in this one. I got like food on it, whatever. <laughs> so he goes downstairs and he, he brings up, he changed into his like a level sweatshirt, still like sweatpants, you know, the whole sweatsuit, but it was like an elite level one. So uh, they all went over. I don't know if they won or not, if they won any money over there, but, uh, but they made an appearance for, I think a race or two. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's good. That's good. They're doing well down there, obviously recruiting well in the 2022 yeah, they got paid. class. Yeah. They got paid. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can't, you can't blame anybody for that. So, um, you know, we've Illinois fans are pretty excited about the Illini this year, even without, even with the changes, you know, it, were you, when you see a team that has, have you ever seen a team lose three assistants in a year like this? Where, yeah. And then but usually, usually here's the difference. Usually it's guys that hate the head coach and they all bolt. Like that's generally what it is. I'm trying to think of uh, recently uh, Musselman's lost. He's done it. He's flipped over all three. I think Seth Greenberg did it one year when he was at um, uh, Virginia Tech, my guess. Uh, but it's not – I mean, again, usually they don't – two of them don't go to the same spot either. And uh, so it, it was rare. But, you know, Antigua – listen, I, I get it. Illinois fans or Illinois fans, you know, they feel like nobody should leave Illinois, but Kentucky's Kentucky, you know, and yeah. ultimately they can pay more money. And you can get – in there for any kid in America, Kentucky, and get any kid in America, pretty much. You, they had started to get that way at Illinois, right? They had started to be able to get in there with maybe the top ten kids, top twenty-five kids at Kentucky. It's, it's just you kind of pick them out and just go after them. And you know, nowadays, if you're Kentucky, you're not going to have to fight Coach K anymore. He's done recruiting. Roy Williams is out, so now it's John Shire, Hubert Davis, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona. So you can kind of run recruiting again uh, if you're Kentucky with with everything that's gone on lately. Is there, and of course, in this case, these are guys that still have a lot of respect for Brad Underwood. So this isn't a situation like they, they where they hated the head coach. They just saw a better opportunity. Um, and so as you look at you know Illinois, they they bounce back with uh, they had what I think ended up being three pretty good hires at the assistant coach ranks, and, and it's paid off for them already. What are your thoughts on those assistant coach hires for Brad Underwood? Yeah, I mean, I think Brad had to go, you know, he went with Jeff because he felt comfortable, right? I mean, Jeff's there. Uh, he had earned it. Uh, you know, good guy, works hard, smart, all that. You know, I don't know if Jeff's going to be able to recruit the highest level players. That's not what he's there for, right? I mean, that's not his role. That's why they brought in Chester Frazier and Tim Anderson. And I don't know Tim especially well. I've heard good things about him uh, from a recruiting standpoint. I've known Chester since he was at Notre Dame prep as a player. So I've known Chester forever and, and I love him. I think he can coach, he can recruit. He's the whole package. To me, Chester Frazier will be a head, co a head coach here soon. I don't know if it's a year, two years, five years. Um, you know, and obviously he's got the, the, you know, the, the experience playing at a high level as well. So I, I think Chester was a great uh, hire. And I think, you know, we'll see what Tim Anderson does in players. But he's able to. He's certainly got you know, strong ties in the Chicago area. Yeah, and and 
it's uh it's one of those things where early on, you know, you mentioned Chester. Chester's already got a couple guys locked up. I think Jeff Alexander may have been the best recruiting by bringing back the big seven footer in Kofi Coburn. I mean, were you were you kind of surprised that Kofi came back to Illinois? Yeah, I was. I mean, he was. I mean, you talk to Brad or Kofi, and they'll both tell you. Like Brad says, I, I thought he was gone, and I, I think we all did. You know, usually when you put your name in like that and you go through the process and um, you either don't come back, you go to the NBA or then you put your name in the portal and it's like, all right, this thing's over. And I remember seeing him down in Birmingham, Alabama. He he was at an AU event. I was down there watching uh, a bunch of players and all of a sudden I see Kofi over there and um, I was going to talk to him. And then next thing you know, I'm talking to a coach. I turn around and he's gone. So I, I didn't end up getting him. Now it should be easy to find Kofi uh, in, in a gym, wherever the hell he went, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't track him down. And uh, I was talking to a bunch of coaches that day anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I was shocked. I think everybody in America was, and, you know, to me without Kofi, you know, you're talking about Illinois being a, you know, tournament team, but probably not a locked tournament team without him. And now you go in with, to me, an elite level, big man and elite level point guard. And that's a pretty damn good start and some good veteran wings as well. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, obviously we know Kofi, he's all American a year ago, um, all big 10, things like that. But the guy who probably has a lot of fans, maybe as excited as anybody is Andre Carbello. And I know you're a big fan. You're more of a fan than Hummel. We, Hummel and I talked about this last week, and although he does like Curbelo, he he has his question marks. Uh, you're a little higher on Andre. I am. I mean, listen, I think he can lead the country in assists. I, I think he's a guy, too, that just captivates people. He's fun to watch, his enthusiasm, plus, obviously, his court vision and, and passing ability. You know, he's got some flash, but, uh, you know, I like that in College. And, you know, I think Brad does on most days as well, or on most <laughs> plays. I think there are certainly times when uh, Brad will kind of give uh, uh, Bello a little bit of a tongue lashing uh, when he throws it all over the gym. But uh, ultimately, he, he understands that more plays than not, um, Andre is going to make the right play. Uh, fine guys. He's just something that, that, that there aren't a lot of out there right now, which are guys who make people better and, and make lives easier. Think of the amount of, of lobs that he should be throwing to Kofi this year. This should be like, honestly, three a game. This <laughs> game, just throwing lobs to Kofi. Because I guess, unless they're playing Purdue, uh, yeah. and then Zach Eady's going to be there, and you don't want to, like, I can't wait for that matchup. I saw Purdue, and I saw Zach Eady. He dominated Trevian Williams, dominated him. Um, so that's going to be a heck of a matchup. He might be the, I don't want to say the, the, the best or the second best, but Zach Eady is going to be a, a, a real problem uh, for Hunter Dickinson and for everybody in the Big Ten. He, he's, you know, every bit of seven. So that'll be a heck of a matchup. But yeah, I, I just think Bellow's a guy that, again, obviously Hummel's big thing, and I'm sure he told you, was, you know, he shot like, you know, 5% or whatever. And that was like 15% <laughs> from three last year. And uh, Hummel, all he could do was shoot anyway. So all he cares about is shooting because he couldn't do anything else. He was a one-trick pony. All he could do is shoot the ball. So if Bello can't shoot it, he doesn't like him. Uh, but I, I think Bello will end up being a 30-plus three-point shooter. And if he can do that, just take him. Take him. Don't be Rondo. You know, don't be a guy that doesn't take him. 
take him. And certainly don't beat Ben Simmons. We know that. Um, <laughs> but but if he can make, if he can hit 30% from three and cut down on the turnovers, I think he averages like, you know, 15 and eight this year for a team that's going to be in the top 10. Yeah, you mentioned a team that's in the top 10. I, I You know, Trent Frazier obviously is back. He's a, and Devontae Williams, great defensive players, guys who can knock down open shots. And, and Trent does more, I mean, than just knock down open shots. He can create a little bit. But so then I guess the question becomes for Illinois is probably the other guys who steps into those roles. Um, and, you know, I think Bello can obviously do some things at the point and maybe help close the games where Io did that the last couple of years. But now what who's the other guy now last night they got a great performance it was a it was a it's a um you know a naia school but coleman hawkins and uh, austin hutcherson played really well what are your thoughts on illinois in the wing i mean i think Plummer is the guy you got to watch for here to me he's he's the veteran he's at least done it they haven't won you know he hasn't won certainly that utah they were they were mediocre but ultimately, you know, he's a fifth-year guy, uh, you know, who, who, you know, put up, I don't know what it was, 12, 13 points a game in the Pac-12 last year. So he's the guy to me that I think, you know, you're going to need that that third guy, right? Right, Fellows probably, like I said, best-case scenario is going to average 15. He might average 10 or 12. It wouldn't shock me if he averages 12 and 8. Um, you know, I, I'd expect Kofi to average. Uh, room for Bellow to operate and obviously giving some room uh, for Kofi down low and they're going to double them. We know that on the catch or, or, or whatnot, maybe not against every big 10 team again, but they're going to double them. So I, I think, you know, and I think is going to be a huge, huge key for this team. Is um and so I, I kind of plumber. I watched him in practice. The yeah. dude rarely misses when he gets a, when he gets a look at the basket. He can really yep. shoot the ball. Um, so that's been impressive uh, to see from him and a huge addition for Illinois. Obviously, different, maybe a little bit different this year. They might shoot more threes. So overall, the Big Ten. You mentioned Purdue. You mentioned Illinois. We know Michigan's got the big guys. You know Hunter Dickinson, but also they got some really talented freshmen. At least we think they're talented. What are your thoughts on them? We don't know. I mean, we know Hunter Dickinson, but we really don't know the freshman because I haven't seen this freshman class since, you know, a lot of them. I, certainly I followed Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bencaro, the kids, you know, top players. But a lot of them, we didn't see their junior summer. We're used to doing that. So I take the, the, the rankings with a grain of salt here. I, I know – Listen, I know Michigan's got talent. I'm not saying they don't, but I want to see it to believe it because I, I feel like the rankings this year, they, they're not great anyway. On an ordinary year, uh, recruiting guys aren't great with their rankings anyway. You know, top 10, yeah, I mean, again, Chet Holmgren and, and Ben Caro are going to be studs. We know that. But uh, once you get down past 10, I think a lot of times it's a crapshoot. Um, so these rankings, I don't put a ton of stock into them. And the other thing is, you know, Michigan got, was fortunate last year. Mike Smith, the, the Ivy League transfer, was terrific. Are they going to get as lucky with Devontae Jones, the transfer from Coastal Carolina, who's going to be asked to plug that point guard spot? Yeah, it's interesting. You watch it. All, all these guys, you know, these kin-coming freshmen, we didn't get to see the, them play as much as we had in the past. That's why I always said, like, I think this class rankings, it's just a 
complete crapshoot. You, we didn't even, you didn't know. And the ones who, you know, if you watch high, you know as well as I do, watch high school basketball. You never know. You know, the competition level. One guy might score thirty-seven against you know a bunch of six-two kids from you know uh, from uh, middle of nowhere. So it's a little bit different. Uh, AAU circuit, we see them go head to head. What about the other rest of the teams in the Big Ten? We got the Big Three. It seems like everybody pretty much has Purdue, Illinois, Michigan in some order at the top of the Big Ten. Who who are the other teams that you think could step up? I mean, I think the next the next tier is is kind of you know, similar, you know, and it's hard to really figure them all out at, at this point. I mean, I, you got, certainly you got Ohio state in there, right? I mean, they, they probably the best player of that next tier with EJ Liddell, but I'm worried about their, their point guard play um, to be honest, because I don't know who it's going to be at this point. It might be justice suing. Um, and he's not really a true point. We know that, but they're going to play a lot through him. Um, Michigan, I saw them practice. They're good, but they don't have a start in their point guard situation. Very much in them. I, I really happen to like Tyson Walker, the Northeastern transfer. I've seen him play in person. Uh, I think he's terrific, but ultimately still you're going from Northeastern to Michigan state. Um, those are two that are in there. Maryland. I saw practice or play pickup. They're probably as talented as a lot of those teams in the first tier. You know, they got Fats Russell, Eric Ayala. They got the big kid Q from, from Georgetown who transferred in. Uh, they've got some pretty good wings. So I, I think they're in the mix there, too. And I thought Indiana, I, it's funny. I've seen a lot of Big Ten uh, schools practice because my daughter is a senior in high school, and she's <laughs> taking trips in a lot of them are Big Ten schools. So I've been to all these and seen them. Indiana, same thing. Xavier Johnson, transfer, point guard. So transfer, point guard, Maryland, Fats Russell. Transfer point guard, Indiana, um, Ohio State, we don't know really what it is. And Michigan State, probably a transfer point guard in Tyson Walker. So that's where, to me, you look at, you know, Purdue, um, they've got at least a holdover situation and they've got Jay Ivey coming off the ball. Illinois has got, to me, the best point guard in the league. And you need that. You need, you don't, listen, you do not win a national title without a high level point guard. You can't. I mean, you can't. So that's the one nice thing if you're an Illinois fan is you say to yourself, like, I know we got Bello. I know we got a guy who, who's going to be in the hunt for the Bob Cousy Award at the end. Yeah, it's uh, the Big Ten is going to be fun this year. Uh, a lot of big guys in the Big Ten. A lot of big guys. And, you know, last couple of years we've seen that with Garza and Oturo and all those guys in the past. Yeah. Is the Big Ten a little bit different maybe in that regard, the, just the number of big guys that they have? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, college basketball overall this year has more bigs. It's like you could do a first-team All-American team of just bigs. It's hard. I, I put Curbelo on there, and I put uh, Buddy Bayham on there. But if I wanted to, the best five players probably are big men. But, but again, I can't put a I can't put an All-American team without guards on it. I just can't. <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. Bunch of centers. To have five big men. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the league's different. It's like the old Big Ten. You know, it's like the what we think of the Big Ten, right? Like these kind of, I don't want to say plotting, but not as athletic bigs. And we got a lot of them right now. We got a lot of them. And, uh, you know, a lot of the reason, I think it's a combination. You know, they couldn't, they weren't going to go high enough in the NBA draft. None of those guys were going to go first round. We know that. Otherwise, they'd be gone. 
And number two, you come back, like look in Kofi's case, come back. I don't know what he's making, but he's going to make good money with that through NIL. And Hunter Dickens is making good money uh, or some money with NIL. So it takes a little bit of pressure off. At least you know you're getting something this year. Um, you know, whether it's 50 grand, 100 grand, 500, whatever it is, 200. Um, I, I don't know what Kofi's getting, but I've heard it's, you know, pretty significant. Yeah. It's it's more than we're getting to do this podcast. I do know that. It's definitely more than <laughs> yes. we're getting yes. here. So, no um, so it, and his hey, his ride, whatever whatever he's going to drive, my guess is going to be better than you or I this year. Yeah, that is for sure. That is for sure. If we get nil, really has changed college sports, right? I mean, it totally changed the way we look at things, the way kids look at things. How? What are your? What do you think the long term changes we're going to see? Because it's brand new right now. I think it's going to, the market will correct itself a little bit. You know, we're starting to see it in football, right? With, with Spencer Rattler in particular, right? All the money he made, the Oklahoma quarterback and, you know, company spends all this money on him. I don't know what it was, how much it ended up being, but, and then he's not even starting anymore. So I, I think some companies will look at that, but other ones will say, listen, some, some guys I've always this think about think about this phil knight at oregon right he owns he owns nike he owns nike he's an oregon fan his son matthew knight's name is on oregon's court why wouldn't phil knight it's a drop in the bucket if phil knight just like i can't, can't believe he lost out in Amani bates to memphis because all he's got to do is say oh yeah well i'll pay you five million or i'll take care of you in the back end with a nike deal like i, I just feel like certain schools are going to find it's limitless what they can find the big time boosters They're just fans that have a ton of money. And then there's other places that, that, you know, again, they're not going to be able to, to come up with nearly as much money. I don't, you know, Illinois will be interesting. A lot of rabid fans, but is there much money around champagne? Like I was in Lexington, Kentucky, and like the amount of horse farm money out there, is big time. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a shit ton of money out there. So Memphis, you know, um, there's a lot of money, obviously, with FedEx in the in the area. So I, I think it's going to be kind of the haves and the have-nots. But I think some of the companies, when they throw some money in and it doesn't work out for them, they're going to say like, all right, we we want a little bit of a market correction here. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Like I was thinking about that, Illinois. The one thing they're probably going to have to do is the, pull from Chicago and get a lot of did a lot of that stuff because although there is some money, I mean, you're going to find some people, but there's big money in Chicago, you know, in those areas they can pull down as you. So as we look at this, uh, this season as a whole, I mean, everybody's got, seems like Gonzaga is one. Everybody's kind of got the Zags first, Um, but they lost a lot too. I mean, obviously they brought in a lot, but they lost a lot. Is there, are they as clear cut as everybody thinks, or is it, is there a few teams that can catch them? I mean, their front court is going to be phenomenal with Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. Uh, Timmy coming back, he's my preseason national player of the year. Uh, Chet Holmgren is arguably the best freshman in the country. So those with the the four and the five or the five and the four are going to be unbelievable. The big question for me is going to be, you know, other than that, a bunch of unproven guys. And for the most part, Andrew Nemhard will be their point guard, former transfer from Florida. Um, and he was good as Suggs' kind of backup last year, and they played together some. 
But other than that, I, I don't know yet. You know, Nolan Hickman's a freshman. Um, you know, they've, they've got uh, they've got some guys, Julius Strother, who hasn't played a whole lot. So they've got some question marks. I don't, you know, again, they're easy to put at number one today. But I don't think there's a big gap between, like, there's not a dominant, dominant team this year. And, and I have Texas at two, and I saw them uh, practice last week. They're good. They're, they're better overall than Illinois. From, from like one to 10, they're really deep from one to 10. But if I'm drafting players, I'm, I would. I would take one and two would be from Illinois. And that, honestly, for me, that's against almost every team. Because, again, I got Bellow as a first-team All-American. I got Kofi as a second-team All-American. That means, to me, they're two of the top ten players in the country. So the question is going to be uh, cohesiveness, chemistry, uh, Bellow making sure that he plays under control, Bellow making sure he shoots three well enough and keeping defenses honest. And, um, honestly, I don't, I don't think – I think I probably have them at like 12 right now. And I'm going to put out one more before the start of the season, but the difference between one and 15 disparity wise this year is minimal. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't think we see a team who's as old and talented as Baylor was last year. You know, a team that just, I mean, the way they could play, I mean, those guys were, they were really good fun to watch. I got to watch them up close yeah. up and in, in, when Illinois played them in Indy early on. Yeah. And it was like, this is just a different level uh, right now. So they were they just, yeah, they had dudes that they wanted a guard too. That was the other thing with them. They had great chemistry, uh, great leadership, and they wanted to guard. And, and that'll be the big thing with Illinois too. Obviously we haven't touched on that, but they're going to have to be a really good defensive team if they want to, you know, be, be one of those that we talk about as a, as a true national title contender. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Hopefully Trent Frazier is that guy. What do you, uh, Trent Frazier, uh, I think college, CBS or somebody came out and said that Trent Frazier is their national preseason defensive player of the year. Uh, usually we see big guys win that with, you know, block shots, protecting the rim, things like that. Trent does a really good job of guarding his guy though. I mean, he's one yep. of those dogs that you talk about. And what, what are your thoughts on Trent as a defensive player? No, terrific. I, I have Daryl Morsell as my uh, national defensive player of the year preseason, you know, transfer from Maryland. He's now Marquette. He's, he's terrific as well, but I think Trent is super underrated in every aspect, right? Like he's just so versatile and such a well-rounded player overall on both ends. So, you know, obviously we know he can shoot it. He can really guard. Like you said, he can put on the floor some, and maybe he can expand that in his game this year, even a little bit more. Um, but I, I think, Again, if Trent Frazier is your, your third best player, you've got a pretty damn good team. Yeah, he's old too, man. I'm telling you what, there are so many old guys now in college basketball, 23, 24-year-old guys getting that extra year. How, low, how old is Jalen coleman lands now, by the way? He, he's like 30, this isn't like he? He's like year seven. I think. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's been everywhere. I can't even – where is he in – is he in Kansas? Kansas, Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. yeah he's yeah, been all he, over. he went there and then – Egbaji came back to school, so I don't know how much Jalen will play, but yeah, it's. I feel like uh, you know, uh, you know, he he started back with Robbie Hummel. Or so. <laughs> hey, Hummel, Hummel really wanted me to tell you a um, story at my Nike camp story when I actually saw him dunk a ball on a guy. We think it was Costa Kufos. 
He, he really wants me to reiterate yeah. that he could jump pre-knee injury. He could jump a little bit pre-knee injury. Yeah, I, listen, all I know is right now his vertical is like 19. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm going to get in the Peloton when we're done here, and, and I'm going to start really getting after it so that next time I see him, we're going to have a little vertical contest, and uh, my 50-year-old ass is going to out-jump Robbie home. <laughs> all right? That's all I know. <laughs> well, uh, we may have to get a video for that. We may have to watch yes. that. that could be oh, fun. there will be. Trust <laughs> me. If I out-jump him, you'll be seeing the video every hour on the hour. <laughs> That'll be fun. I'm wait. I can't wait to see that. I just want you to know. I think that's going to be entertaining. So, all right. Hey, Goody, uh, we're up to – we got our 30 minutes in, 30 for 30. And uh, I really appreciate it. We can check, check – Jeff Goodman out. He's also Field of 68 podcast. He and Hummel have a great podcast. They have a lot of fun together uh, talking college hoops, and that's great. And at Stadium is where you can uh, check out all of his stuff. So, Goody, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm making time. I know you're busy traveling, seeing colleges, not just basketball, but also with your daughter. Good luck with her decision, too. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) 